Got the button. Is it ready? You ready, yeah, DK? I, I am. <laughs> we will not get caught lacking, okay, like the rest of the NFL did when nope. the Steelers crushed it. They weren't ready for Omar. They were not ready for Omar. I wasn't they were ready not for ready Omar. for the con artist. <laughs> the, even better. The con artist. Oh, that's Mike Tomlins. That's not, I'm not taking any credit for that. Tomlin said, he said, man, they're calling him the con artist. He said, man, I like that nickname. (laughs) You know what? So much so that ain't many people that got a complaint, DK. I don't, I don't know what this is in modern stiller ball. We've had hardly any complaints, DK. You ready to start this thing? Mm Mm-hmm. Let's start it. This is the Ramon Foster Show, starring the one, the only, number 73 over there on the other screen. He's in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports here in downtown Pittsburgh. And Moan, the afterglow, and I think that's a safe term for it. The (laughs) afterglow, okay, is very real. You still still don't see people going, yeah, but what about (laughs) the closest I've come to hearing or receiving any kind of criticism, and this is this is coming my way, is oh, why aren't you talking enough about the seventh rounders? And I'm like, really? That's what we're doing here? We're going to talk about the seventh rounders? You know, I'm sure we'll have a show where we do that this summer. We will. We're not done with this class. No, 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 no doubt about it, man. This this class is coming at least with high marks. Right, like the last time we saw a group like this may have been Pouncing Worlds, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Like that group was really good. Uh, that, that's about as close as I can get. Like Pouncey's class is the one that kind of came through with some vengeance as of late, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of Marcus Gilbert's class the year after that was Marcus. And who was the first round draft pick that year after Pounce? Uh, cause Gil was the second rounder. Was it Jarvis? Jarvis and Marcus. I think that's what it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to get those confused. Yeah. If I'm not going to say either way, man, the front office did their thing. Uh, Omar, if, if he is the master craftsman behind it all. And this is the thing too. Omar's getting a lot of credit, right? And that's justified 100%. He is the general manager, mm-hmm. uh, but to be open to conversation. Be open to ideas of what this team need. Be open to trading back, which the Steelers hadn't done in a very long time, uh, to be able to say, you know what? We, we, we're we going to compete, and we're going to compete fast. I think that's the tip of the hat to everybody involved. I was, I was excited about that. When you really look at how you got to minimize yourself in moments like this to get the guys that you know you absolutely need, again, think about it. Offensive line is full. It can't be many free agents that they're thinking about signing DK. The tight end room technically is full. You know what I'm oh, saying? Like, it's very full. <laughs> it's a lot going on inside of these coaches collecting players, Omar selecting picks, and just this team in general. I'm 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 excited for this group. Yeah, and, and you know, I thought it was actually kind of refreshing to 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 see and hear. Uh, both Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin come mm-hmm. into the interview room the other day and just say, "Hey, we did great." <laughs> and then, and then, like in the next breath, 
to to throw out there, but this is literally just the beginning. Like they wouldn't finish a sentence without saying, "Okay, but we haven't even had them in for a rookie camp yet. Yeah, uh, we we haven't done any of this stuff that we need to do yet. They haven't played a snap in anger yet." No. And and when you get to that when you get to that phase, it, it's going to become only more exciting. Mm-hmm. One of the thoughts that I had, Moan, I'm listening about this class was if you go over the first four picks, and I'm sorry for all of you who want to discuss the late rounders. We'll get there, okay? The yeah, we'll get four, there. Yeah, the the first four picks. What jumps out at me is that all four of those names were people that we talked about on this program yep for 17 yeah okay for 17 overall and 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 that to me says you know we had been building up you and i oh they have three picks in the top 50 oh they have three picks in the top 50 okay they have 17 32 and 49 and then they end up with four yeah who were at least discussed like keanu benton is probably the most the, the the most fringe of that group. Yeah. But he was in there. Like no one would have dropped dead if Keanu Benton had been taken in the first round. Right. Okay. Right. It would have been seen, I'm sure, by some as a reach or whatever, but still, that's what they're bringing in. Yeah. And, and this is the other thing you mentioned that reach word. You didn't have to necessarily reach for any pick in this draft. Uh, I, I saw Joey Porter Jr. say, look, I don't know if I was going to slide up or slide backwards. I'm just appreciative of where I was picked. It's kind of what he said, right? And I thought that was very unique, man, because the draft did what it was supposed to do. And to still get value for a kid who technically could be a first-round draft pick says a lot. Now, again, the idea that he slid a little bit. Okay, he may have some deficiencies you might have to look after, right? And then you also look at the idea that some teams that were drafting didn't need corners that late to go say, hey, we're going to get this guy. Like, it wasn't a press, right, to go get a run on corners and, and safeties and whatnot. Heck, if I'm not mistaken, the first safety came out later. Remember, yeah. we talked about Brian Branch. Brian man. Branch, yeah. He's Next still up. sitting there on day two. You see what I'm saying? So to get Joey Porter Jr., the first pick of the second day was a big get. Again, this is a guy that by all measures – some people had as a first-round draft pick, middle to mid-late first-round draft pick. I saw a top 10. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Again, will he have to grow 100%? Will he have to go prove, one, I'm not my father? Don't do that to me. I play a totally different position. Yeah, he's going to have to do all of those things, too. And the idea that if you trust the staff and their development of players and that kid and that young man's pedigree, then guess what? You got something. Again, we talked about Broderick Jones. I'll be honest. Ain't no way I thought we were getting him. I told you I didn't think we were going offense in this draft. Did I not? You did. So when you have what they call a blue chip guy, you can get him without overdoing it for a fourth, give me Broderick Jones. Joey Porter Jr., you know what? We could have moved up. They probably shopped around that early second round draft pick and say, you know what? He is the best available guy left on this board. Mind you this, too. The two dudes who were the first and second pick in the second round were both slated first round. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to get some side eye. Joy Porter Jr., projected first rounder. Will Levis, projected top five guy. You still got the value at those positions without that fifth-year option commitment and with the idea that, look, man, if it works or don't work, then here we go, right? We'll move on. Here's the, here's the part. I'm going to keep sticking with the math on this, okay? Okay. Because this is what gets me. I mentioned these four players, right? Uh-huh. Now, 
out of those four, you have two that you can be relatively certain will start right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Roderick Jones is okay. I mean, they can say you can say whatever you want about competition, this and that, and whatever. Okay, <laughs> he he's starting. Okay, uh, uh, yeah. All right, Joey Porter Jr. In all likelihood, unless he were to just somehow whatever you know fall apart, yeah. In in training camp, he's going to start. <clears throat> Keanu Benton really doesn't have specific competition for his job. Okay, now they're going to throw up this guy or that guy or whatever and say he's got to battle it out. But Keanu Benton, I think, is going to be what passes for a starter on the defensive line, Mm -hmm. meaning depending on whether it's sub packages and so forth, right? So that's three. Okay. Darnell Washington is, he's a clean bill of health away from starting. Yeah. You have 22 total positions on the field, 11 on each side of the ball. Okay, and actually, I'm going to throw in Nick Herbig, too, because if there isn't somebody else brought in, you know, that was going to take the Bud Dupree spot, he's in that rotation. So you could say because of because OLB or edge rusher rotates constantly, you can say there's 23 starting spots. Okay, you have four, five people out of 22 or 23. That's. That is an infusion that is beyond uncommon in the NFL, especially if they can play, especially if they're upgrades over what was already a team that went seven and two down the stretch last season. This, this to me <laughs> reeks in a good way when I say this, man. Uh, Stefan to a type of much like, like projections is what I'm saying. Just the entire group. I didn't know a whole lot about to it. But the excitement they had around to it coming in, uh, the production that he actually gave you, the youth that he actually gave you in those moments is mm-hmm. what you're looking for. You get youthfulness, you get projection, and you also get the idea that these kids came – not kids. These young players came in as a as high prospects. That right there is the ultimate push of return when it comes down to uh, really setting yourself up for the future. As Coach Tomlin and Omar said, these young guys, these young men don't have experience. DKS, the one thing I said that needed to happen, right? Yeah. When, when we're talking about Keanu Benton, like, okay, you did what you did at Wisconsin, but guess what? There's a guard, there's a center that got way more tricks up his sleeves than you do. The quicker you learn that, Joey Porter Jr., you got labeled as being handsy, right? The quicker you understand how to play the technique, how to get in and out of breaks, how to read offensive def- uh, schemes, quarterback eyes, breaks. Stephon, I mean, think about Stephon Diggs as a wide receiver. Okay, at some point, he may have to guard him. There is a lot of knowledge in a guy like Stephon Diggs that Joey Porter Jr. doesn't have, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, Broderick Jones, the idea that you're going to be day one starter. And most accounts, DK, I'm going to tip my hat and say I, I, I somewhat believe that, okay? But the fallback plan to all of that is what? If he doesn't take over the starting spot on day one, you still got Dan Moore, right? You still have that ability there. I'm just throwing a what if out there. Yeah, and there are multiple what ifs, and there are answers for those what ifs for the most part. Again, right. not every position is sealed like that. We talked about outside linebacker. Um, we could bring up, and I'm sure we will at some point very soon, the uncomfortable subject of inside linebacker, which wasn't addressed and really honestly couldn't be addressed because there just wasn't a whole lot there in that class, as we'd been discussing beforehand. I, I just, 
I, I, there's a combination of wanting to be th- thinking, okay, here's a, here's a team that went seven and two down the stretch, nine and eight overall for the full picture. And they were already, I think anyone, the biggest cynic in the world can agree that they were on an upward climb. Okay. Yeah. And that you're just going to infuse this talent and it's going to be, you know, they're going to be that much better. It's not going to be that simple though. Obviously, uh, Ramon, if you can share with people the challenges that a rookie at any position faces, but especially, please walk us through the challenge that Broderick Jones faces and how he might be able to meet those. That's that's really that that's a big big variable here. It, it really is, man. The challenge he faces is knowing physicality. Guys gonna try to punch him in the mouth from play one. Guys gonna try to embarrass him again. We spoke about what's the most fragile positions, right? Last week, when it comes down to if a, if a quarterback doesn't make it, like it ain't the most fragile one. You just pick another one. Like cornerbacks, harfing on the bounce back, and also quarterbacks, quarterbacks, they are guys, man, that just so happen to uh, get chance after chance after chance when it breaks down. Okay, not any other position get that type of situation. But as far as offensive tackle, left tackle, footwork, speed, offensive scheme, uh, the maturation of learning angles. Again, he's a hyper athlete as far as Broderick Jones goes. But how can you use that to your advantage? How can uh, now you also minimize your your weaknesses too? Like, and it's more apparent because it's, it's one position that you get you can get picked on, or it's one I'd say level of play offensive line that every single play you're going against somebody physical. There's physical altercation to almost every single play. And if you can't bounce back quickly from your negatives, from your weaknesses, you can crash out. So that's why it's important for a guy like him to go at a pace as far as Broderick Jones go. Broderick Jones had 400-plus snaps this past season in, in college football and did not give up a sack. And yet, somehow, that is not his most impressive statistic. What is it to you? Oh, the, you, he, you know, he had, I, I believe it's zero holds. Oh, yeah, I did And see that. one false start in his career. Yeah, that's solid. Okay, now, let me tell you what that says to me. Okay, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You're the offensive line. Yeah, I'm listening. But what that says to me is he's so much better physically so much more overwhelming physically he doesn't need to do any of that he don't have to worry about getting a jump he doesn't have to do any of that he does and that's, and that to me would make his transition to the nfl okay i messed up but guess what it doesn't matter because i am him okay yes <laughs> yes <laughs> that's exactly the approach dk and like guys do have that anxiety of speed like tj can't wait to get a jump on him but he's athletic enough to be able to handle it. That's what you're saying, right? Like Alex Highsmith. That's who he's facing. That's yeah, who that's he's who, facing in Latrobe. Good enough to get a jump on him. I, I mean, let's be honest. Nick Herbig, like he's going to jump. That, that back and forth between those two rookies is going to be an all-day affair, and along with Darnell Washington too. But you're right. Footwork and speed and athletic ability at that position. If you really look across the board, that's what they went to hunt for in this uh, last offseason and this one too. It's ultimate athletic ability in the trenches and you and, but i'll say this too you get some power runs in that like broderick jones comes from a traditional offense 
uh, NFL offense, when you look at how they play, think about the blocking tight end that they say Darnell Washington is. Like, you got both best of both worlds when you really break it down. Oh, my goodness. When we come back, the only segment that matters. That's all of Hey Moan. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Man, we are just piling up the the quality questions here. Yeah, we are. As I'm going through uh, all of these. Uh, James Lawson gets us started today by saying props to you guys for naming all the picks on here. Well, actually, James, in fairness, we literally (laughs) named everybody at some point or other on the show because that's what you got to do when you're in that range, 17. You know, there's guys that you're going to think might fall. There's guys that you think might be a little bit of a reach for them, but especially because the Steelers had 17 and 32, and oh my goodness, what they ended up with. Uh, Captain Spartan gets us going here. He says, hey, Moan, the one complaint, we didn't get Shaka Hayward with the last pick. I thought we like our family guys. Also a productive inside linebacker now with Bengals. Shaka Hayward is related to Cam? That's news to me. That's news to me. Sorry, Captain Spartan. I yeah, don't know that one. I don't, I don't even don't... want to lead you any down any dark path with that one. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's the case here. We definitely would have been aware of Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, I, I've never anybody, seen if anybody wants to come in and, and and add some information to this, that's why we're all in this show together. We appreciate the contribution. Well, we've uh, seen Cam also hit his brother too. So if that's a relative no, on the Bengal <laughs> side, hey, did you see Vinny Vinny uh, Vince Williams put out? He said, "Man, backs on backers is going to be something," which is the most Vince thing ever to say because that he's already thinking about that instead of what's going to happen against Baltimore or Cincinnati. Let, let me uh, tell you why because mm-hmm. Vinny is the guy to see these new guys coming in with all he this wants hype to beat him up and all, he wants and, to he knock won't, him down. And, <laughs> and that's what I mean by Broderick Jones. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what you're looking at in this situation. The vets right now are sitting back just like. I'm going to get him. I can't wait to get him. Like, that's what's going on right now. Vinny, Vinny wants to knock. He wants to come into Latrobe just for camp to <laughs> knock them all down a peg. Oh, yeah, you think you're good? Me okay, too. well, well, welcome to the Steelers. Swan asks, who has the most pressure from this class to perform well? Uh, I, I'd, I'd say for sure the first rounder. Project Jones is, is the ultimate one, but the one in particular, man, as you mentioned, can be a day one starter, DK, is mm-hmm. Joey Porter Jr. No question. To me, that's, um, that's, that's the answer here. <laughs> I saw a question there. Uh, I saw a statement. I don't even think it was a question, man, that said uh, this draft class all comes down to JPJ. I mm-hmm. hate to even say yes. that, but it's more forgivable for an offensive lineman than it is a high pick corner, correct? Mm-hmm. It just is. So, yeah, I, I, I think it does somewhat come down to Joey Porter Jr. and his growth and what he turns into this league. I'll say this. He has a good season, good growth. His name and projection of what he could become because he is a name type of guy. Sauce Gardner last year, right? Mm-hmm. He's a name dude. 
he could really turn over some NFL head, uh, eyes when it really boils down to his talent. Antoine Manson and several other uh, members of, of our channel here coming back with that Shaka is Cam's cousin. Okay. News to me. Not the same, obviously, as being uh, being his brother, but okay. uh, that's, that's, that's something. I mean, let's not overdo it. Appreciate <laughs> it, Antoine. I'm, I'm I didn't know that. Of, more more than anything else that i'm i'm just thinking of uh you know that they've they've already got so many brothers it's crazy mm-hmm. no you know? 100 percent uh, i've never seen him in a picture with cam so that that's that's my statement on that one. Oh yeah absolutely here uh okay i am being instructed by pretty much everybody here to do the uh the did you forget read. again no, see, I don't have to do that because I've got Teresa on my side. See, see that? Teresa it. says, she don't forget it. the three chefs. And I'm not going to do that because you know what, Moan? What? At the Get-Go Cafe and Market, Moan, quality is at the core of every menu item. They have three expert chefs. That's as many as the three Haywards we've discussed on this show. Who, who yeah. fine-tune every detail so that every sub-burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for craveability. Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. By the way, I did hear from a couple of people who took us up on the on the suggestion to go to Get-Go for the draft mm-hmm. parties. And stuff really works out well. Because like I said, you could just go there and just get bags of chips, or you can go there and get the fresh, hot food that 100%. they're making. Uh, it's good stuff here. Justin says, I love having Patrick P in there to pro tip Joey Porter Jr. and Colin Trice. Uh, that do not underestimate that. Yeah. Okay? No. He's the cheat code. He's the cheat code. We spoke about this, y'all. Like it's before, so many. Yeah, we did before this. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about Pat Peterson being that mentor, being that experience, being that guy that now knows his role, you know, and that's that he's accepted that being an order guy. Hey, it. look what we can do. Corey Trice Jr., man, and, and Joey Porter, uh, that right there, they need to soak up as much as they possibly can. That could be a good duo, man, if they really get down to really learning. Like, that's the biggest thing guys have to ingest going into the NFL. How much can you learn and retain and take it out to the practice field and show me? Coaches don't care about mess-ups. That's a part of the journey. It's a matter of what can you retain? Okay, you messed up here? Cool. Let's go fix it now. Tomorrow, at least show me the attempt that you're doing what we asked you to do. That is a beautiful thing, DK. So good from Preston Shuttlesworth says, I would love to hear a player evaluation or a comp for Keanu Benton from Ramon coming from a lineman's perspective, because the truth is to an extent, Keanu Benton is a little bit of a throwback in that he is a a nose tackle. And by the way, Mm -hmm. for those of you who talk about uh, for anybody who talks about nose tackle versus, you know, defensive end or something, the Steelers, Terrell Austin made clear they are going to start him out as a nose tackle. Other positions are why they have Cam Hayward and why they have Larry Ogunjobi. But Keanu Benton also gets to the quarterback. Yes, he does. So okay. go ahead. you, you want to hear my player breakdown versus a practice rep with, uh, with, with Keanu Benton would be this. Big body guy, Mo. We got to cut him off. Got to get his stop charge. He is a big athletic guy. I've seen him spin move. I've seen him quick arm over me in practice. Make sure I keep my head out of his chest whenever he comes off the ball. If I'm run blocking to the front side, let's say I'm playing left guard and I'm going right, I got to move to get over there to cut him off because I can't allow pressure, which is what he does, 
up the middle. He's a guy that can push pressure into the running back quarterback lap. So I got to get that cut off. If it's front side, since he's a big athletic guy, I move one, two steps, square him up and move him. If he's over pounce or shaded, meaning to my inside right shoulder, I make sure I pop him to get him off balance right there. I cannot let him one-on-one run through my center. That's what be my, that would be my practice breakdown from the film I've seen on Keanu Benton. And how much more effective can if he's if he does well, what does he allow Cam and Larry O to do? If he occupies the guard and the center somewhat, he will allow Cam to cut through that tackle and make a TFL. Also being able to be swallowed up by uh, Alex Highsmith. That's what he allows you to do. He's a two-for-one type of guy. I got center, I got guard. Y'all better win somewhere else is when you go and play a guy like him. That's how I break down a guy like Keanu Ben. Again, if we're if he's out there and we got a play-action play, let's say I'm sliding to the right and I got to go pick him up. If he's shaded over the center, slide over, pick him up. Keep my head out because he loves that spin move. I've seen it way too many times. Uh, he's a valuable asset in the passing game if he gets stuck on the field in a passing set. Good stuff from Don Klimko. He says, or Dan Klimko, sorry, Dan. Uh, hey, Moan and DK, do you think that Dr. Bradley spoke with George's team physician about Darnell Washington's health? Uh, here's, here's what I know, and, and I've been mentioning this a few times over the past several days, that Mike Tomlin has a, a thing about we will make Steelers decisions. There's not shared information on this sort of thing. Every every bit of info that your team gathers is a competitive edge against what another team gathers. So it's not like you'll have this, here's here's the University of Georgia and here's the full medical report or whatever. You got to do some digging. Yeah, yeah, you okay, do. You got to find out what's going on. You also got to watch the tape very carefully to see if the knee has any issues. You have to pay attention at the combine. Uh, the Steelers, when it came to George Pickens, mm-hmm. placed a big value. Remember, he came with some injury questions. He did. They, they, yep. They placed a big, big value on what they saw with their eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was able to come back. He was able to play and play well in the national championship game. Full stride on that long touchdown, everything. Well, Darnell Washington showed – literally everything that mm-hmm. you would want to see. But yes, the answer to your question is, Dan, they will do their homework on this. Doesn't mean they'll nail it. Doesn't mean they've, they're they going to bat a thousand, but they will do their homework on it. They're not flying blind on this. The one thing I will say about Dr. Bradley and my dealings with him, he's very transparent in how they go about it. If this is something, hey, Ramon, this is going to be fine. Hey, you just take some time off. We'll work through this. That's always the conversation. Like, it's not a need, okay, for you to get those young guys out there like a Darnell Washington on the field as fast as possible. It's a matter of getting them healthy so they can do what you think they're supposed to be doing. That's what that that's what it's really all about is how much can we get Darnell Washington healthy so that he's a draft pick that we took in the fourth round. Was it third round, fourth round? Mm-hmm. Third, third round, pick 93. Yeah. Third round, fourth pick. Yeah. 93rd yeah. overall. Yep. Also, that too, Pittsburgh fan 412. I need to point that out. That is another thing from my breakdown. I would say this guy's a former wrestler. If we get into a phone booth, he's going to push, move his hands around and try to reposition me out of place. I would think about his wrestling background, the spin move, his body type to be able to uh, block a guy like him in practice. Vince, Vincent says, hey, Moan, I love the enthusiasm as it pertains to the draft. Congrats to the entire Steelers draft team, including Ike Taylor and Merrill Hodge, 
a real team effort, in my opinion. The only thing I'll add to that is when you see that room, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do the, the scout draft room. room. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. And those of you who play detective with this stuff are going, who's sitting there? Who's that guy? Who's this guy? I don't recognize that face. <laughs> the Steelers are as private and secretive about who their scouts are and who their people are. Yeah. And for me, as someone who's around the team and has been for a lot of years, when I'm looking in that room and I don't recognize hardly anybody in there, that tells you how secretive they are, right? But to see those faces, you saw them fist bumping and everything yeah. else. They are immersed in this process 362 days of the year. Yeah. This is what they're all about. And it is a big W, not just for Omar Khan, but for everyone in that room. And those guys are competitive, too. They reside in different oh. states and places around the U.S. As far as the scouts go, they have certain areas. If you pick somebody from their area, that's a I don't think that's a monetary bonus for them, but that credibility factor gets upped a little bit more. Hey, I scouted that guy again. I told you about the guy that scouted me, Mark. Mark was longtime scout. He was one of his most proudest picks was like, hey, I scouted you, and I was 100% correct. That type of stuff happens. It's it's a feather in their community. It's a feather yeah. in their cap. And they will say, uh, for, for their resume purposes, I'm the one who scouted Ramon Foster at, at, at Tennessee. Okay, believe me, that's why that guy is saying that to you. He yeah. wants you to know that. Um, they also use some odd terminology. They'll say things like, uh, oh, I saw him. I yeah. saw him in school. And you think, okay, so did right. everybody else. That's not what they mean. <laughs> no. Uh, they mean, I saw him. Yes. I foresaw him. Okay. Uh, I, I got one for you, DK. I, I favored it earlier. I want to go to this one real quick. Uh, hey, Mo, what should be the attitude of more – uh of more b with the drafting of jones great question can i th can we throw in kevin dotson oh I mean, as yeah. long as we're on the same subject i mean because legitimately spencer anderson plays all five positions and has started a lot and played at maryland where coach t's son used to go to so he knows him pretty well or still goes mm -hmm. to he knows mm -hmm. him well uh with that being said man the the attitude of of uh dan moore fight mm -hmm. Fight. That's simply how it goes, man. I said this last week. You either getting better, getting worse, or getting moved on from. That's mm -hmm. just how it goes in this league. He can become the depth option if that's the case for him, but he better not tuck his head and run into a cave. DK, what continues on in the NFL? Everything. The train never stops. Nobody's waiting for you. Y'all thought we. Waiting. You, you thought we wouldn't be able to get you know find a a, a different rec receiver. Now you guys are gushing over George Pickens. You see what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't stop whenever a player has his feelings hurt. It's a brutal, honest business, man. So, damn, why tell him fight? Literally, if you have to in camp. I saw somebody ask that question earlier, too. Oh, yeah. Phil says, I wish we would stop talking about Mad Canada. Uh, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> Guess, who? Guess who's the first one to bring him up on the show? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Phil, what are we going to do with you? I couldn't even read the rest of, I can't even yeah, read the, rest I, of the remark. Le legitimately. I, I look at the, the offensive line right now, Moan, and I say to myself that you're going to have to find out what are multiple roles. Okay. And I think you've brought this up yourself. Okay? Yeah. That Dan Moore is going to have to find a way to back up at both tackle positions. Dotson is going to have to find a way to back up at both guard positions. Yep. Okay. 
And the more you do that, what does your coach say? The more you can stay around, man. The more you can stay around. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's what he wants to see because if someone else comes in, and this was the value of like a Joe Haig, for yeah. example, okay, mm-hmm. is, that, is that you could plug and play Haig in the event of an in J.C. Hausner. J.C. Hausner. Right. He could actually snap the ball for you too. Uh, and if you can do those things, you have a you you make yourself more valuable to the operation. One, the more you can do, the longer you stays around. Okay, and then it becomes you better find a craft and stay healthy after that point. Hmm. Uh, Steely McBean says this is the second Georgia player we've grabbed with supposed knee questions. It's not supposed. I mean, an ACL is not supposed. You, I, I got one for you, DK. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, a Georgia player with supposed knee issues. You want to hear it? Uh huh. You ready for this throwback? Yep. Heinz Ward. You, you're the second person to mention that to me today. I was wondering if that's who you were going to bring up. But, yeah. Yeah, he held up okay. He held up fine. See, knees, I, I don't want to get, like, super doctory here because it's boring. And, and also, I'm not a doctor. But knees are solvable. Manageable. Okay? Yes, with the only time you should ever really wonder about, oh, no, this guy's got a knee issue, is if you hear of a, a, some sort of degenerative condition. Yeah. Okay, where someone just has lost cartilage and there's all kinds of pain and stuff like that. Uh, that's, that's, a different, that's a different world here. No one is talking about that. No. With any of these players. No. You no. Know, what they have is, is fixable, but I just think in the case of, Washington, look, if he doesn't play right away, I'm just throwing this out there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you, you you have Zach. Yeah. You, you, I mean, let's let's be honest here. You're right, Mr. Wires. Hines didn't have an ACL from Georgia. He figured that out at the combine, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot that goes into it. I knee issues, okay. You know how many times I've seen guys get drained on a Thursday and play a game you never even knew that on a on a on a Saturday? Like mm-hmm. this happens, uh, him having this hiccup right now with his knees, Darnell Washington, that is, I'd like to say it's a non-issue for his future's concern. I want to call everybody's attention to this. Um, Dolly was able to find a hard link to, to become a member here. Uh, we've had some issues, or YouTube has had some issues with, with having the join button available on all the different devices and everything. So she found this link. Uh, if you copy and paste that URL that, that you're seeing on the screen, it's youtube.com at DK Pittsburgh Sports Steelers slash join. You will be able to become a member and unlock all of these ridiculous remojis that we have <laughs> that we have available uh, to everybody. Uh, Bully Ball is back in the Berg, says Ben. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's a lot of that's a lot of what this is about. You know, you saw Mike Tomlin. Tell Keanu Benton, I need goons. Yeah, 100%. I need goons. And and <laughs> they delivered on that one. I thought this was pretty good for my guy James Lawson, man. He put this one out there. So why do we get rid of Juju? When I guess we're speaking about the knee situation. Price, um, fit in the offense, replacement already there. DK, I can go on. I mean, I think well, it's probably a good business decision from Juju. I also think that the knee was a factor. And I, I've said that for a while now in the sense that it never really, he was having it constantly drained from what we know. There was, yep. there was a fluid issue and it just wouldn't go away. And it impacted his performance on the field. 
Okay, he was not himself. He did not have that same explosive first step that he had in his first couple of seasons. Right. And I just think they said, listen, maybe this is just who he is now with this knee the way it is. Um, we haven't seen that, obviously, with Pickens, and they haven't seen it. Nobody's seen it with Washington. Oh, absolutely right, DK. And, and again, I, I think it was best for Juju to move on. Heck, he got a Super Bowl ring, and he got the big deal that he was looking for as far as what was available to him on the open market. Pittsburgh, to y'all point about his knees, uh, they know more, okay? So when it comes down to saying, hey, you could assign Juju and work through that, nah, I don't think that's the case because it's like, the NFL is a use you up, spit you out type of league. We got <laughs> we got to remember that too, y'all. They got all they wanted to out of Juju, and that was just that. And that's not even talking down. That's how the business goes, y'all. Chandler Chase says, hey, Moan, who's the replacement for, Ter- for Terrell Edmonds? Uh, I mean, I, it sure oh. seems like it's DeMonte Casey, but go ahead. I was going to say, it's been yeah. said before. If you're saying Joey Porter Jr. is in the lineup somewhere, I mean, it's it, – Pat Peterson oh, said he'd saying. move back. Yep. Okay, yeah. he said he'd move back, and he's a willing participant in the physicality game when it comes down to him playing football. I'll just say this. We don't know because we don't know what the depth chart looks like, and I'm guessing it's going to be open competition. But you have options now. You didn't. This didn't look this way before the draft. You have realistic options now at those positions. And I think anybody saying more of who, who they project going to be the starter is, is really just selling you wolf tickets at this point. This has to shake itself out. But I don't think we've had this much quality, DK, in a very long time when it comes down to that secondary and, and the way it is. Yeah, I, I want to I be sure that Cam Sutton can be replaced. Uh, I, I, I want to – okay, I, I, you know, you're still talking about the team that tied for the NFL lead. In interceptions last year and i'm not ready to just say cam sutton oh he stinks i mean this is a really really good football player there's a reason the lions forked over 39 million for him here leo says 12 personnel <laughs> here we go with darnell washington bad fryer with george pickens and alan, alan robinson, robinson. alan robinson is on this team dk we can't forget alan that. alan robinson is on this team that, that we can't forget that man. Uh, this team's just bigger, Moan. It's bigger all around. And Jalen, let's not forget that too. A second year understanding the run scheme. <laughs> I'm gonna bring his name up, but it's not a, a wet blanket. Matt Canada understanding what each running back needs. Like that's the biggest question we've had throughout all of this is how do we manage? <laughs> we ain't even managing him. He needs to manage himself. How do how do we manage what? the play call is and you take a deep dive if you're Matt Canada and you realize look there's a common to Jesus party about your job if it is below the line and that's what you're looking at I said this last year and I don't think people really took me serious when I said it but the amount of talent young talent young talent emphasis on that that this team is compiling right now anybody who's competent will want this job Am I wrong in, in saying oh, that, DK? Oh, my goodness. I mean, what are you, you know? No, you're not wrong. So his antennas have to be up, but he needs to operate like it's his job and nobody else's. If he operates like, man, I can't wait to do this or wait till we scare him with this, no. You better lay it out on the table for everybody to see because as much as coaches will say you guys don't matter in the perception of their job, the noises in the crowd get a little loud. 
right? Mm-hmm. The same way I do mm-hmm. for players. I've always said that there's one thing I know Pittsburgh for sure holds their coaches to the same fire as the players when it comes down to doing your job. Thomas Grant wants to know what side of the field Joey Porter Jr. will be best suited to play. If you watch his Penn State film, he's always on the right side. Yeah. One of the things that I like about his film is that when you saw him, he would have he would have an assignment and he would meet that assignment. But when the pass went over the middle or somewhere in his vicinity, my goodness, Moan, was he quick to break he's off quick. his assignment? Do you know what I'm talking about? He's quick. And there's something else I want to share that's almost related. Uh, and it was something that came up from Terrell Austin. He was talking about uh, Porter's reach, which is his freak attribute more than long anything arms. else here. He's crazy, crazy long arms. He said, uh, Austin did, that quarter NFL quarterbacks, because they're so advanced and they're thinking the game at another level compared to college quarterbacks, whatever, they will actually be so aware of a corner who has long arms that they will default in their heads to not throw in that direction because yeah. what their eyes see isn't necessarily what's about to materialize. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So you're thinking, oh, my guy looks open, but that dude's got long arms. Yes. Okay? And I don't know where those arms are going to come shooting out of like Stretch Armstrong, you know? Well, and that's what you're risking. Like, he may be beat. That's one thing I've seen on Joey Porter Jr. is he can get beat inside, but that length, that reach, that closing speed that he also has somewhat makes up for You see receivers playing against him that catch the ball and then they don't. Like, and that's what the long arms is possibly, that's the advantage for a guy like him. So I'm looking forward to seeing what it's going to be like. He's going to get challenged. Can you imagine George Pickens and Joey Porter Jr. going at it? What I've recognized in Joey Porter Jr., he does have a mouth on him too. So run it, okay? He said so. He was asked at his, yeah. his press thing, like, "Can you trash talk like your dad?" And he was like, "No, nobody, nobody can do <laughs> nobody. that. That's legendary. <laughs> that's, that's that's on some other level. That, yeah. That's on if the one if they ever had a wing of, in in Canton for trash talking, he he'd be the first and unanimous." Selection. Yes, he would. Yes, he that would, particular man. Hall. Oh, hand over fist is getting technical on his moan. Do you anticipate more trap blocking? More trap blocking? No, I see more bully ball. I see more combination blocks up the front. I see the offensive line doing this together. This together. I do see more pin and pull. You have some dudes that can get into space. Samalo can move. Okay, I can see Darnell Washington blocking down so Broderick Jones could get around the corner. Mm-hmm. I see that happening. I see Chooks getting out into space with Mason Cole if the guard blocked down, tight end blocked down. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. they went after uh, Brute and Braun, but they also got finesse in this. All of these dudes move well. What was Darnell Wash? I mean, uh, Broderick Jones, 40 or four nine-ish, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, for a big guy, it's not even human. Yeah. Out of world. Look at the way he walks. He walks like an athlete. Yeah. Yeah, everything everything about him is just yeah. He's <laughs> it's it, it's it's hard to even put into words. DB yeah. Cooper says, "Hey, Moan, on a scale of one to ten, what grade does Kenny Pickett get for shotgunning the beer at the concert this weekend?" I'm sure you've seen the video. Uh, Luke Combs was Luke the name Combs. of the, the the artist over yeah. at Ackershire Stadium, and and Kenny let it fly. You know. This, this to me on social media was one of those classic cases of everybody getting upset over nothing. And by that, what I mean is this. Nobody 
that I saw anywhere complained about what Kenny did. But everybody complained about the mythical non-complaints. <laughs> let, let Kenny be Kenny. Why don't you people leave him alone? It's like, wait a second. Nobody said anything. You know Nobody what? It's a 10 because he's supposed to have some fun. This kid ain't far removed from college. Heck, he's still in this college town, man. He's a child. He's a and child. I saw so many uh, other Steelers at that concert. I saw Chooks taking a picture with Luke Combs, man. I'm like, yo, is everybody in town? But Pittsburgh <laughs> does that, man. At Akershire Stadium, you can't get better concerts there. I'm, heard he, I'm sure you heard about Kenny Chesney's concerts there. It's like, you better do a concert in Pittsburgh. 10 because he's supposed to have fun y'all like it is still the off season yeah there's a there's a there's a fair amount of discussion i, I see in our in our community today about miles jack and and really there probably should be uh, miles jack is a good football player and i will say of him and this is the highest praise i can offer he's a good stealer and i'm saying when i say highest praise i mean within this context for his fit uh, he definitely became a stealer the one and only reason that miles jack wasn't kept wasn't retained was what was cap. money yeah it was money i mean he was due a 10 million dollar cap hit yeah. and we th- took that just... contract from jacksonville didn't we and we pick him yeah. up off waivers whatever it was yeah and, and that mistaken. wasn't that wasn't gonna that wasn't gonna stick and omar was like sorry we just can't do this uh but miles jack is still available yeah and uh, I'm, I'm telling you, I just feel like, look, you have Cole Holcomb, you have a Landon Roberts, so you have two NFL players there uh, who are upgrades on Robert Spillane. Did you notice that we're always saying they're upgrades on Robert Spillane and not that they're upgrades on Miles Jack? Yeah, yeah. But okay. it, it, here, here's the thing, too. Miles Jack doesn't have to sign until July. He is a vet in that world now. To where, like, why would he go to OTAs if he know how to pick up a defense? You know, like that's just where he stands when it comes down to his play and his free agency. That's just the way I look at it, DK. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not going to speak for Miles uh, any more than I'd speak for anybody else. But man, this dude's a gamer, and, and I, I'll I'll bet he wants to be in somebody's camp sooner rather than later. Okay. Uh, this guy is. This guy is right it. here. Yeah, I mean, he this is it. someone who played through a grade three groin tear over the last couple of weeks of the season, and that really shouldn't be held against him you look at his no. performance and you'll go wow he didn't really look like he did in the first half guess what he wasn't playing through a great reason why three groin tear yeah. in the first half uh that would have shelved most people and, and by the way miles had one of the better uh tackle slash missed tackle rates in all of football yeah if someone was in his path miles was coming down the miles was getting him down yeah yeah. Uh, and DK, to that point, man, I, I I feel like we hadn't highlighted this guy enough in this one, but Nick Herbig. Yep. Yeah, let's Me talk about personally, him. stud, okay? Stud. Fully understands the game. Uh, when you look at him, he has a rush plan. That's unique to me for such a young guy. The ability to beat guys around the edge with the motor that he has is very attractive to the way the Pittsburgh Steelers play. Now, his ability to drop off in coverage and make a play if asked to, like that's something that has to be explored. But getting after the quarterback, he 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 legitimately has a plan. His arm swipes, his ability to bend and get around the edge, his closing speed, and every time you see him making a tackle, which is very smart in his league, you can tell how smart a guy is. He's just going for the sack, or is he going for the sack fumble? 
He goes for the sack fumble every time he's getting after the quarterback. That right there has so much value. And one of those two plays that can get you a win, DK, is is super unique. Do you think he's getting on the field? Do I think he's getting on? Yes, I do think he's getting on the field. 100% this year as a rookie. Yes, he will. He's going to have to earn it through special teams first. He's getting on the field, DK. I yeah, love but his I'll rush. tell you what, his special teams, his special teams potential is really something. Okay. And I, I think what you're going to see is a situation where maybe, or maybe Terrell Austin and Mike Tomlin can manage uh, the expectations for him by saying, listen, we just want you to do, and they're not going to call it this, but we just want you to do the Anthony Chicolo thing where you're just out there for 20, 25 snaps. Yeah. Okay. That's what Chick would do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Chick obviously was really good on special teams, on yep. kick coverage. If you do that and you set the bar for him, this is, this is, this is what we want for you. And we want you to be as ready as possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, and including being ready to step up if needed. Yeah. If TJ or, or or Highsmith were to get hurt. And, and that's when he'll get that, as I just, that wave to come over here to the defensive side of the ball because you've earned that. Look at the way the Steelers have kind of had themselves here. Like everybody on that defense has played special teams in some capacity before earning a starting spot. That's what you have to do in, in inside of that building at 34 South Water Street. They still have an old school style of operating over there. Oh, I, I think I think this part's going to be interesting. We're going to take a couple more today. I see, we just have such people are so freaking stoked over all of this. Mister Wires wants to know, uh, hey Moan, the shorter arms on Herbig uh, would they make that much of a difference? No, no. You right. learn how to operate with your deficiencies. Everybody named Mom know guys have short arms, slow guys. Guess what you do? You cheat a little bit. Instead of, you know, grabbing guys with two arms, you grab guys with one arm. Like if you're a little bit slower, you bring your your, stand, your uh, splits down a little bit. You play uh, off coverage a little bit more so you can break and run with guys. Like that short arm measurable stuff is mm-hmm. so that teams could knock you in the draft. You tell me on any play that you've seen a guy with short arms, be like, man, he didn't make that play because his arms are short. <laughs> well I mean, no come on come on no nobody says that <laughs> but that's that's because not everybody is a bleeping scout never it's heard of like dk that. i've never looked <laughs> at a guy now i've said this guy got some unusually long Alligator arms, arms. <laughs> he got some unusually long geno atkins didn't have the longest arms in the world okay like he, he, he come on right. yeah he, he ended up, up all right. right nobody has ever in their life said oh man he didn't make a play because he got short arms <laughs> That's a combine talking point, y'all. I I can't argue with that. Ryan Lytle, a great friend of the program as well as a uh, as well as a member here, has the last question for the day. Ryan says, "Hey, Moan, do you think we get back to the playoffs this year? You got to fight through the north." Look what you, you did. did. Ryan. You <laughs> I, I don't want to sell y'all Pittsburgh fan t- tickets, okay? You got to yeah, make it through the pander. north. We're here to keep it real. You got to make it through the north. So if we're we're counting the teams we think to be solid, Buffalo, Kansas City, uh, Cincinnati. Okay, those are your three. We got four more teams that got to figure it out in the AFC side of things. The way I view it, I wanted to think San Diego, but San Diego got to go through. Uh, they got to go through Kansas City. Denver has to go through Kansas City. I also, love that you call them San Diego still. By the way, oh. you do that all the time, and it's so cool. 
My bad. I'll never correct you on it. I'm just like, no, no, it's good. (laughs) They really should be the San Diego Chargers. They should still be. I love that. Um, They're going to have to fight. (laughs) If they do, it's going to be wild card. If you get second in the North, you make the playoffs. I got people that don't think Baltimore is going to do that well. I don't think Baltimore is going to do that well either. They have way more questions than I feel like we do. Uh, I say yes. My goal for this team is to see them get out of the first round. If they can show that growth with this multitude of young players getting out of the first round, you've got some. Making the playoffs is one thing, right? Yeah. Getting past that first round is going to be crucial for this young group, man, while they still have veteran members on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all the time that we have for today. But but here's something I want to point out to you, that if you're joining as a member, and by the way, use this link. I see some of you still asking, like, how, where is this button? Where is the, Don't worry about the button. If you, if you copy and paste this link, and I know it's a little bit of a mouthful, but you can do this. Uh, I, I, I respect your technological savvy uh, to join as a member. You get all these emojis that we have, everything else. You also get half off uh, our main website, dkpittsburghsports.com, uh, and the app and everything. You get half off a full year subscription on that. Uh, also, something that we haven't really mentioned is that if you – get a membership to this show. You The membership carries over to the entire uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports channel. That includes my daily shots, Matt Williamson, Scouts Eye. It applies across the board to our channel, our Steelers channel here at DK Pittsburgh Sports. So I, I got a bonus. One bonus. One bonus, if you don't mind. Yeah, it yeah, comes yeah. from our guy, Mark Lancaster, said Tomlin is on the hot seat. False. <laughs> What's that even mean? I don't even really want to uh, like discuss. We can discuss this one tomorrow. Expectation after this class, if we remember Wait a second, to bring this well, up. Let's not act like Tomlin had nothing to do with what everybody's all geeked over about. You know, my, my God, I, I just had to on our way out. That is a discussion we can move into this offseason. How hot is the seat or the stove around Coach Tomlin? <laughs> I'm I love the idea, that, and I'm with you. The five hundred, I'm I'm with that. I get that. I'm here for it, but. Like oh, the reason we're no. excited about this class is because of what you did last year. Is that what we're saying, DK? Like, yeah. who was the head coach of that team? Michael. I, I mean, this is just wild, wild. You, if you were an unstable franchise, pay, yeah. How do you pay attention to this draft and not understand the role that Tomlin played in it? I don't even, this ain't even a Mark Bash session, but Mark, I, 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 that's so far from the truth with me on that one. Like I want to ride with you on like, there has to be progress. Yes, it does. That's why I say getting past the first round, Kenny showing progress and, and, and hot seat. Nah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Wow. Wow. I don't know. (laughs) All right. All right, everybody. We will. Uh, we, we're going to save some for you know the rest. of the, <laughs> He's preempting his I'm own ending here. Putting them on when, uh, when uh, we'll be rejoining you tomorrow at four p.m. Eastern, three p.m. Central Time, and let's do it again tomorrow. Yes. Hard work beats talent. All of this talent means nothing. That means we need to get to those seventh rounders, baby.
Yeah. And all the UDFAs. We're not going to have a. We're not going to get through this without having a show on the UDFAs, right? Hey, come on, dog. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. See y'all next time, good people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.